I grew up with a mother and a grandmother that were so about skincare, but more of a natural skincare. So they created their own skincare products in the kitchen. And at the beauty camp, we not only teach makeup, not only teach skincare, we take them on an experience, on a journey to rediscover themselves. Because Instagram doesn't really show the real us. Mm. It's more of a stage. Uh, it's like a it's like a stage. You are a completely different person on Instagram. And I posted the other day that endometriosis causes anxiety and depression, and it plays a huge role in your mental health. You are you feel like you are in this dark place, and you're very moody, and you don't understand what's going on. Failures are your you're, it's like a compass. Your every failure is guiding you to a better step that you're going to take. Hi, I'm Laure Sejan, a former HR director turned into a pro makeup artist and a beauty editor. In this podcast, I want to share another way of looking at beauty from the outside and from the inside, from people who create beauty trends to people who help us feel better within our body from sharing my experience with some beauty products to digging into new ingredients. Welcome to Beauty S'il vous plaît. Today in this episode, um, I'm super excited, but I think I'm always excited about any episode that I'm doing because anyone that I'm having as a guest is because I love them, because they're bringing something to the beauty industry or just they're bringing something to people. And uh, Soraya Shaoki is one of them. I uh, Maybe Soraya, you don't know this, but I actually started following you when I was spending some holidays in Geneva. So that was probably like five, four or five years ago and I just started in the beauty industry. And I was in Geneva. Wow, you're just telling me this? Yeah. <laughs> you're just telling me this now? Sorry, I had to interrupt you, but you are seriously just telling me this seven years later? Oh my God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was sure that I was telling, I told you this, I can't remember. Anyway, but that was at the time where you, you were in transition between Geneva and Dubai. So I was in Geneva maybe mm -hmm. in August 2017. It's probably the time when you, you moved to Dubai. Mm -hmm. And I was in Geneva. I moved in December, yes. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And I was there and I was like, let me see you know, on Instagram you know, who is a beauty influencer or makeup artist. Or... And then I found you. And then... You know, surprisingly, I mean, uh, for surprisingly, like, you know, I mean, you came to Dubai like a few months after and then we met at some event. And uh, and this is how we uh, we 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 started our journey together. <laughs> <laughs> and what an amazing journey it has been. Yes. I think on both sides, on both sides. Yes. Like, you know, happened and uh, and. Um, and what I've always been like amazed you know, with, with you is, I would say, is how you've been able to go from a situation to another, like you're, you're a resilient person. Um, and I would say like, probably like from your personal life, but also like professionally, like, you know, in your, in mm -hmm. your you know, being a makeup artist, being a serial beauty entrepreneur as well. We talk about that. <laughs> Um, and and obviously what you're bringing today to to people to women maybe I mean soon to men as well with the beauty camp um, but 
um, I mean, that is a very short, and that was a nutshell introduction uh, about you, but uh, I would love you to introduce yourself. <laughs> well, thank you for this amazing introduction. First of all, I miss you a lot. I haven't seen you in the longest time ever, but we're always connected somehow. And congratulations on this podcast. I love it. Great initiative. And you're doing fantastic. And last but not least, thank you for having me today. Um, so let me introduce myself. Uh, as you said, my name is Soraya Shaoi. I have been a makeup artist and a celebrity makeup artist for over 11 years. Um, I've been also working as a skincare consultant and a skincare expert during this journey. Um, I have recently launched my beauty camp. Uh, that was two years ago, and I will explain this later. But uh, as an introduction, yes, I currently live in Dubai. I've, um, I've lived between Cairo, Barcelona, and Geneva uh, when I first started my makeup journey. And uh, honestly, Geneva contributed a lot in my skincare education. Obviously, we all know Switzerland is one of the top, top countries for skincare. And it played a huge role um, for, to, to, to help me find uh, my higher purpose uh, when it comes to the beauty industry. Um, so um, I'm also, I mean, let's say a content creator and a beauty influencer. I think that the word beauty influencer just comes from me sharing my knowledge as, uh, as a makeup artist and a beauty uh, expert. Um, so it comes by default, you know, it just comes naturally uh, with the job. And uh, yeah, I think that's it. How, how did, so I've read like a few things more about you, you know, and, but how, how did you decide to become a makeup artist? Like, because this is where your beauty journey started, right? Yes, I think this is, this is a great question because I think this takes us back to where my passion started and to where my passion is actually going. So uh, in 2009, um, I had like a very normal desk job. I was just like any other girl, uh, really lost, uh, looking for a purpose in life. What, what, I've been what a was, painter. What, what was your desk job? I read that. <laughs> what was the desk job? I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> I worked in real estate. Can you imagine? Um, and uh, but I'll explain to you why I worked in real estate. So I've always been an artist since I was a kid. I've always been an artist. Um, I was a ballerina. I was a dancer, a gymnast, and a painter. So I used to sell my paintings. Um, and I graduated actually from uh, finance with a finance degree. So um, I'm I'm. I come from a family that believed that I should have a certificate in something important, you know, because back in the day, it's it wasn't really like today where a makeup artist is a job or a photographer is a job or a chef is a job. And I come from an Egyptian family where being a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer is super important. Like this is actually a job. So I spent four years um studying finance and my dream was to become an artist and I had applied for uh, an art school in Florence now four years passed and I graduated but then my my passion for painting kind of died so I worked a little bit in fashion 
And then I realized that fashion wasn't even the thing that I was passionate about. So I kept searching for my purpose. So I said to myself, okay, Soraya, you know what? Because I've been independent since the age of 16. I graduated and uh, I did not take one penny from my, my, my parents. I, I loved being independent. So I obviously had to pay my bills. So I said, okay, Soraya, get a job, pay your bills and find your purpose meanwhile. So um, I was sitting one afternoon at home and uh, my father walked into my room and saw all the makeup that I had. So I used to buy so much makeup since the age of 14, if not playing with my mother's makeup. And um, my father walks in and looks at all the makeup that I had. And mind you, I did not wear all this makeup. I was just so passionate about buying it and trying it out and mixing all the colors, the textures. So he walks in, he's like, what is this? This garage sale. And I was laughing. And then he goes like, aren't you a painter? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, all right, maybe you can use all this makeup and, you know, paint women's faces or something. And he was actually just cracking a joke. But honestly, a very big light bulb lit on top of my head. And I was like, Ding! oh, no, why not give it a try? And uh, I think I was very lucky because around the same time, my two best friends, um, one of them is a photographer and the other one is a videographer. They had just opened or launched their own photography studio. And you know, when things happen at the right time, I just called them up and I said, listen up girls, you have a photography studio. I want to try being a makeup artist for a bit. I know a lot about painting. I know a lot about art. I know a lot about fashion. So let me give it a try. And they actually booked me in for a makeup session. for one of the models they had, they had a photo shoot. And mind you, I had zero education about makeup. I walked in, used all the makeup that I had, and it was amazing. It's like it was actually just destined to happen at that time. And it was great. So they booked me in for another session and, you know, the ball kept rolling. And uh, after a couple of months, I decided that I should take it seriously and I should get a proper education in makeup and pursue this as a career. So this is when in 2009, I quit my desk job and I had already saved up so much money. So I took, uh, I booked a ticket, I booked a flight. I traveled to the States. I went to New York and DC and bought lots and lots of makeup because back then in Egypt, we didn't have all these makeup brands. So we had to travel abroad to buy makeup, travel to the United States. I still have this the, the, the tiny makeup bag. I kept it as a souvenir. No, you would laugh so hard when you see it. It's so small. I can't even <laughs> explain how small it was, but I had the makeup that I needed and I uh, came back to Egypt and I started Uh, getting bookings for bridal makeup, editorial and fashion, worked for a year as a self-taught makeup artist. And then in 2010, I traveled to Barcelona to get the real education. And I studied makeup in Barcelona for two years. And eventually I got my master's degree. Why Barcelona? Because Barcelona, I mean, I would think of London, I would think of Paris, I would think of New York. Why Barcelona? 
I'll tell you, because back then I was so fascinated uh, with Spain. So my great grandmother is actually Spanish. My grandmother is French. My great grandmother is Spanish. And then I was back then that, that you're talking about more than 10 years ago. I was so fascinated with Spain. So I wanted to go to a city where I felt home. London, I London is not really my cup of tea. It's a bit cold. It's gloomy. Yes, it's very fast and all the fashion is happening there. But then I chose Spain for, for my own personal reasons. So I studied there for three years and I actually worked there for three years and I learned Spanish and I did my master's degree in Spanish, actually. So it was a great, great, great experience. If I have to do it all again, honestly, I would still go to Spain. I would go to France. I would go to Italy. I would go to Germany. You know, now things have changed drastically. The makeup industry is so big right now. You can find so many amazing schools now that we did not have back in the day, our age, you know, our time when we wanted to do our education. Yeah, that's, that's so true. Uh, first, I mean, I love Barcelona as well. This is one of my favorite cities, you know, in, uh, in the world. I mean, I don't know all the countries in the world, but like from what I know, <laughs> Barcelona, yeah. I love, I love no, it's the architecture. It's, um, it's so gorgeous. Like so many things that you want to visit, you, you eat, you, you know, there's this life uh, that you don't have. Like, I think, I mean, it's what I feel like, you know, somewhere else. I mean, I went to Madrid as well. And uh, obviously, like between Madrid and Barcelona, I would definitely go to, to Barcelona. I went yeah, to Barcelona. Yeah, me too. Yeah, definitely. Me and too. And I chose it also because you know me. I love the sea. Yeah. <laughs> I call myself the ocean girl. So I had, I always choose a city where it's by the sea. So I had a house. I had a very small, cute house in Barcelona, literally by the sea. Like you just open the door and the sea is right in front of you. That was in Barceloneta. And it just completed the whole image for me you know I just had this picture of me living by the sea getting my makeup classes done just like living here in Dubai you know you have the perfect balance between the city life and the beach life definitely so if you follow if you see my pattern I always go to a city where I have a house by the sea so after Barcelona what what happened you went back to Egypt no so basically I was between Barcelona and Egypt um I always, I, I always keep a foot in Egypt, it's home. So I was living between Barcelona and Egypt, working back and forth until I moved to Geneva. So then I moved from, Gene from Barcelona to Geneva. So it became Geneva, Cairo. And then in Geneva, my whole view on makeup uh, changed a little bit. I started to, Honestly, I started being interested in skincare way, way, way before that because I grew up with a mother and a grandmother that were so about skincare, but more of a natural skincare. So they created their own skincare products in the kitchen. So imagine when you are six years old, seven years old, watching your mother pressing some lemon juice on other ingredients and putting it on her face. And they had beautiful skin. And when you grow up watching this, it stays somewhere locked up in your mind. And I forgot this when I started my journey as a makeup artist. And then when I went to Geneva, you see this box in my mind opened and all the skincare memories started to come up. And I said to myself, you know, this is the great opportunity for me to start getting proper education about skincare. Since I'm living in Geneva, I lived in Geneva for four years or four years and a half. And then I combined both. 
So for me, it was very important to educate my clients or my brides or anybody who books with me a makeup uh, session to tell them, you know what, take care of your skin before before the session because it will play such a big role for you to have much better looking makeup. And back then, this was not something. Yeah, and people were depending on makeup the whole time. So when you kept telling them, you know, scrub your face, don't eat lots of fatty food before your wedding, they're like, huh? I hired you to put the makeup. So you had to explain to them that it was a whole cycle. The food plays a big role. Your water intake, sleeping, scrubbing, cleansing, all of this plays a big, big role on how the makeup will look in the end. Yeah. And I then... I think skincare, I mean, I think we have the same approach, you know, with, uh, with this is... Uh, uh, I also educate my clients to look after their skin, the same, you know, with the brides on yeah. how they need to, as you said, you know, try to sleep well. This is sometimes a bit difficult for them because they're getting stressed. Avoid sugar, drink a lot of water. Um, mm -hmm. The same, like, you know, you give them like a skincare regime before the, um, before the wedding and for them to have the best skin possible. Because as you said, like, if you look after your skin, then you can get great results in makeup. Exactly, exactly, 100%. And uh, specifically, um, I mean, a lot of women, they, uh, they have acne uh, or they have problematic skin, let's call it that, problematic skin. And they used to depend on covering all these problems, uh, which was back then the easy fix. But then now you educate them that, you know, instead of constantly or daily covering all these problems, you can actually fix them. And then you will spend less time applying makeup or you will actually spend less products. Uh, you will use less products on your face. And this was very important for me um, to, to educate these women about skincare. Um, and then when I moved from Geneva to Dubai, and the reason why I moved to Dubai was this, because I believe that every place you go to has an expiration date. You learn the lessons, you get the experience, and it's time for you to go somewhere else to grow. And for me, growth is very important. And Dubai is a city of growth, lots of competition, lots of education, so many opportunities are here. And this is why I chose Dubai. And then I moved in December 2017. And my whole journey took another, you know, another shift. Um, this will actually take us to, uh, I don't want to jump, but to the beauty camp. But I will tell you very quickly what happened in Dubai. In Dubai, it was the opposite of Geneva. So this is where it was a bit challenging for me because women love to wear lots of makeup here. And, uh, and it's, it's, it's a, it's a, back, back at the time, like in 2017, it was still like, you no know, heavy makeup. And yes. the more, the better at the time. It has changed. Yes. It has changed like the past couple of years, but back then, yes. It has changed a lot. Like now is nothing like back, back then in 2019. Now it's, uh, it's incredible how things have changed. Yeah. And uh, it, it was a challenge for me and I love challenge. So it was a challenge for me coming from, uh, from Geneva. My bridal makeup was so minimal. We actually spend more time as you do prepping the skin of the bride, lots of skincare products. And then we just applied almost 
no makeup. And then coming back here, I'm not back, uh, coming here, it was the opposite. We spent little time on skincare and then lots and lots of makeup. And um, and this, this was challenging for me because it, it it's different. People have different tastes, which is really okay. But then I thought about it, you know, um, this is a, this this is one mentality this is another mentality and i should embrace both i should not only focus on one thing you should always have the flexibility to offer everything the client always wants something and you should be flexible enough to um to to uh, to uh, to give them what they want and this was also for me a good phase to learn uh, more about arabic makeup more about the arabic culture and um and then at some point tell us Sorry, because though you have like uh, an Arabic background, you know, with your parents yeah. in Egypt, you spend a, quite some time in Europe. So you have as well, you know, this European influence. Yeah. And yes. in your roots as well. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm Egyptian uh, and uh, my grandmother is French. Um, I, 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 and I grew up, I went to the German school. So all my life I've been growing up with Europeans and, uh, I honestly consider myself a little bit more French than, than, than Egyptian. Um, I, 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 I moved to Europe and I lived most of my life there. And I, I really loved, um, how I had the, the, the opportunity to live in Egypt, in Europe, in Dubai. And, um, but me personally, personally, I'm very, very European. I like minimalistic things. I, I always go to the minimalistic approach. Um, but then again, you see the makeup in Egypt is really different than the makeup in the UAE, although they're both Arab countries, but the makeup in Egypt is really different. So this is what I was saying. Although I'm Egyptian, I'm Arabic, still the makeup in the UAE or in the GCC in general is really different. Um, their taste is a bit different. So this is where from 2017 until right before COVID hit, I was still learning more about uh, um, Emirati women or how or how uh, Arabic ladies here in the region apply makeup, what they like, what they don't like. And then COVID happened. And honestly, just that like everybody, uh, <laughs> it was uh, silent for some time. Yeah. Yes. And you know, you sit, you know, during this time, I think everybody was reflecting. And uh, I watched people change a lot during this time. People went back a few steps. Everybody went back. We all went back to basics. You know, we all went back to the inner beauty, the, the simplicity, the real meaning of life. Um, and this is when the beauty camp was born. Mm. I sat down, I took a few steps back and I was thinking of my journey, starting in Egypt, moving to Geneva, um, all the women that I met in my life, uh, moving to Dubai, all the differences. But then one thing was always in common between all of these women. You see, you're a makeup artist yourself. And I'm sure every time you had a client, you would chit chat a little bit. And sometimes these clients, they would open up to you, tell you a little bit about their struggles, the stress, uh, the daily lifestyle, where their problems in their skin started. And you would give them advice, like, you know, if you're going through lots of stress, calm down, eat healthy food, try to sleep more, try to drink water. So what all these women have in common is they're still 
women at the end of the day and they will remove this makeup and go back to their struggles, go back to their mental issues, go back to their physical problems, all of these things. So I thought to myself, why not go back to the source of where all these problems come from? Because you see, makeup says a lot about person. There's a lot of psychology coming behind the, the type of makeup they wear. There's a lot of reasons why they have problems in their skin. So let's go back to the source. And at the beauty camp, we not only teach makeup, not only teach skincare, we take them on an experience, on a journey to rediscover themselves, stop everything and go back. Why are you stressed? Why are you not eating healthy? Why are you not taking care of yourself? Why are you not loving yourself? Because you see, if you apply the same makeup, same exact makeup, on the same girl, by the way, one, that girl is going through a very rough phase and it's the exact same girl. Take the same girl, fix her issues, fix the, the stress level and put the same makeup. She will glow differently. So this means that we actually glow from the inside. The whole beauty does not come from the outside. It comes from the inside. No matter how good of a makeup artist you are, no matter how good of a skincare specialist you are, the woman will only glow perfectly when she's doing well from the inside. And I said, Khalas, all my education, all my experience in skincare and makeup, I will combine everything, bring in experts. I'm not a life coach. I'm not a healer. I'm not a um, nutritionist. I'm not a fitness instructor. But... I have access to experts in these fields. Yeah. So we bring them in. <clears throat> we bring them in in the camp and they teach these women about food that makes you look better, look healthier, uh, little exercises that you can do that can change your life. Um, you know, little tips and tricks that will actually affect everything around you. You know? Yeah. And yeah, that's, that's, uh, I think honestly, this is what I'm, uh, this is my purpose right now. I don't want to be labeled a makeup artist uh, only. I want to be helping women feel beautiful from the inside out. Nothing against makeup artists, by the way. Makeup artists, <laughs> makeup artists are amazing. They're doing a great job. Don't get me wrong. Um, I just mean that my, my focus now is on the inside. Yeah. Just like few steps back hein, before like diving more into the beauty camp. Hein. Um, so I'm, you were saying, so again, uh, before getting into beauty camp, you were saying that, you know, there were some differences between the makeup that was being done in Egypt and the UAE. Um, so what, what are the differences? Hein? The differences were in, in, colors in style in in you see when you put a makeup it has to match what you wear mm -hmm. somehow mm -hmm. it has to match your personality your attitude what you're wearing and it's all like when you have a bride obviously you 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 have to make sure that the makeup matches the dress matches the hairstyle yeah. uh, matches the wedding style the, the woman's style is she a classic bride modern bride uh, uh, what type of bride she is so 
in in Egypt, I mean, not anymore. This was back in the day, by the way. Like things have changed a lot now. You can no longer find all these differences. But back in the day, yes, you can see a tremendous difference between how women styled themselves back in Egypt and how women styled themselves here. Yeah. And I'm talking about Arab women. I'm not talking about European. Arabic, uh, the, 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 the Arabs here versus Egyptians. No, the style was really different. So therefore, the makeup definitely looked different. Um, and not in a bad way. On, on the contrary, it was great for me to, uh, to learn these, these differences because I, I never focused on applying lots of smoky eyes or creating smoky eyes. They loved it here. The smoky eye is something very important because women here always focus on the eyes, right? Heavy eye makeup, the lashes, the sharp eyebrows. In Egypt, I think they were focusing more on the lipstick, more colorful eyeshadow, softer, smoky, not necessarily uh, black. Here was more on the black or brown side. And Egypt was more on the on the fresh colors and lots of uh, colorful lipsticks like pink, fuchsia, red. So these are the differences that I'm talking about. Mm. I mean, that's true. I have like a few Egyptian clients and indeed like still today, I've noticed that they like the pink uh, lipstick. Um, and uh, it's, I mean, it's not necessarily like, you know, the, the color that I would go for. I would mm. I'm like, you know, a nude, I'm more maybe like red, or, but obviously, you know, it depends on the kind that you have in front of you. It depends on the personality, the culture. And this is what is amazing about yeah. me, that you learn so much about culture, you know, when you do like different kind of nationalities. Um, and, um, uh, and he like, you know, with some of, um, I'm going to say like Emirati client that I have, they're getting more into the nude side. So, Mm. Uh, nowadays indeed at the time like smoky eyes were really this I mean today it's going a bit away I would say and it's more like you know the um focusing still on the eyes but having the the eyes like lift lifted in a way like with mm -hmm. the with the eyeliner with um mm. so uh so yeah um but yeah that's the beauty of makeup I think it's like we are able to like to meet so many different people, different personalities. Different yeah. Personalities. And I think, I think, I think also what changed a lot nowadays is that we no longer follow trends. I think back in the day, there was always a new trend coming up and we always used to follow the trend as opposed to applying makeup that matches our facial, uh, facial, um, yeah. uh, not, not expressions, our, 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 our face, like our, our shape. Yeah. I think women now have uh, evolved a lot in this. They they now understand their features more. So they go for the things that look good on them. Mm. Back in the day, you remember there was a time where the, the winged liner was a thing. So everybody wanted to have a winged liner. So every client, and I want a winged liner, winged liner. I'm like, oh my God, but you... It was, it was just, it was just so funny. Everybody was just following the trend. I want wing liner. And then there was the, the, the red lipstick. Everybody wanted red lipstick. So now I think it's no longer about the trend. I think people are more, much more educated now. They know exactly what looks good on them. And uh, this is what they ask for today, which makes it, which makes it, I'm not going to say easier for us, but it makes it interesting for us to see our clients much more educated than back in the day. Yeah. And it's great. It's really great.
Yeah, and I think it's also like give it the possibility to advise them or to guide them, yeah. you know, to what you know works best, you know, for for them. Um, okay, we'll go back to the beauty camp, but again, like I know, I mean, I know you've been. A, a, I was saying this at the beginning that uh, you are a, a serial beauty entrepreneurs, and this is because you created as well your own wig. Uh, brand and you created some lashes as well mm. um where does it come from like this um how do you say this this willingness or, or or eager to create to bring something new to to the market to people to create to yeah yeah to create i love creating i'm i'm very i think i'm 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 very hungry for I, I'm hungry for life. I love creating things. Um, and I don't mind trying something, even if it, I wouldn't call it fail, because I always say you fail forward. I don't mind trying new things. I like to take risks. Um, and if I try something and it doesn't work out, it doesn't mean that you failed. I think it means that it's just another step forward towards what you really want to do. So the whole wig uh, project. I started that before the beauty camp. There was a time when I uh, I was teaching makeup here in a makeup school in Dubai, and um, I felt like I reached a dead end. Like, how far can I go? Halas, I'm a celebrity makeup artist. I work with lots of celebrities. I work with lots of great influencers. I've done bridal. I'm teaching now. Okay, what's next? And I wanted to combine hair with makeup because at the school in Barcelona, I learned hair actually, um, but I never really did anything with it. So the hair came from working with lots of hairdressers for bridal makeup. And I saw lots of women, they would like extensions, wigs, um, had a lot of cancer patients as well that I wanted to support and I wanted to help. So the whole initiative was to, to help cancer patients more or less. Mm -hmm. uh, to have beautiful hair because mm -hmm. you have to think about everybody um, so I started my it, it was called starlet starlet yeah. means a little a little star it came from you know every woman should feel like she's a star you don't have to be famous you don't have to be rich you're still a star you're still a beautiful star so the brand was named starlet and it did great I was selling very fast and uh, I've also launched my lash lashes. But then again, when COVID hit, it was very hard for me to uh, send all the wigs um, or ship them internationally because everything was shut down. So as I said, during COVID, all the businesses were dying. Mm -hmm. And when my wigs or when my hair brand failed because of COVID, I didn't feel like I failed. I just felt like this is a good pause for me to take a few steps and think what I really want to do. Think bigger. I, I always want to think bigger. And this is then when I stopped the wigs because it didn't really, it didn't go well because of uh, the international restrictions that we had to send mm -hmm. the hair internationally. And then I created the beauty camp instead. So the, the, the starlet was based in Egypt or, or here in the UAE? No, it was based here. Based here, okay. Yes, it was based here. Uh, I uh, was getting the hair from India and uh, we used to uh, 
make the wigs or stitch the wigs together in China. So you see, it was a bit of a challenge with COVID and all the borders are shut and closed to have all the hair sent out from here to here and then eventually sent out to my clients in Egypt. Mm. So I had to shut it down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, uh, I read as well that uh, you were part of a TV show, The Influencers. <laughs> you did your homework, huh? No. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, I can see that. So I, I have to confess, I don't have TV for the past 15 years. So I live without TV. I live with Netflix. I live with, you know, ah. uh, ITV or Apple TV, mm. but I don't have TV. So I was like, mm. oh, I didn't know that. So I want to know more today. <laughs> I personally don't watch TV. Honestly, I don't watch TV. Like rarely, rarely I, 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 I watch TV like maybe once or twice a month. I'm not big on TV. I'm more of a documentary girl. I love documentaries. I love books. I love reading. And sometimes when I get bored from one book, I actually shift to another book at the same time. So you can find me reading two to three books at the same time. People think I'm crazy, but honestly, it's, it's good. Instead of watching TV, I, honestly, for me, TV is a waste of time. I'm sorry, I have to say this. Uh, I'm a workaholic. I like to create things. Um, but yeah, when, we, uh, when, I got appro- when I got approached by one of the producers, they wanted to do uh, some sort of a reality show about the influencers. Uh, it was uh, for Abu Dhabi TV. I thought it was a great idea to have a bit of, to have people see the real me uh, through this show because Instagram doesn't really show the real us. Mm. It's more of a staged, uh, it's like a, it's like a stage. You are a completely different person on Instagram. And I posted the other day that there was this quote or this post, people who know me on Instagram and uh, in real life might must think I'm crazy because I'm two different people. <laughs> I I have to always look good on Instagram, look great, all made up. But then people see me in real life. I'm so simple. Yeah. I'm a t-shirt and jeans kind of girl. I'm a very simple person. But then I thought it was a great idea when they approached me. And I said, yes, why not? So we did the show. It was me and three more girls. Uh, I'm the Egyptian. There was an Emirati a Saudi and an Iraqi. So uh, the show was about four influencers who have very similar Instagram pages, yet they're so different in real life. And I think it was a great show. Uh, Unfortunately, we couldn't um, shoot season two, but I think season one was enough to show people the real us, you know. And that, that was in Arabic. That was in Arabic, yes. We had to speak in Arabic. Yeah. Um, Did you understand anything? I, I don't. It's, it's, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm married to a to Lebanese a man. I mean, though he was born and raised in France, so I mean, he thinks that he, he, he doesn't know how to speak Arabic. So <laughs> if you listen to me, please apologize. But I mean, really like what he's saying. So, no, no, I don't speak Arabic. And honestly, no, I should because I have so many. Um, Arab clients and and I work with an Emirati lady, you know, Omaira. So I mean I should be able to to speak Arabic. I love Omaira. Omaira, if you're listening to this, I miss you. Let's have coffee. I mean, we love you. (laughs) We love you all. Um 
But I mean, what you were saying on about Instagram um, and you know real life and Instagram. I think indeed, like you know, Instagram, you, we always want to show like the best of our life. I mean, for instance, me, I never, never share my struggles um, mm -hmm. on Instagram, just because. Uh, first, I'm a very how to say a private person, so even though some of my closest friends or even family, they wouldn't know, like, you know, sometimes that I'm struggling. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but that's true that this Instagram, you know, I think it's, um, it can be dangerous because you feel that the person who has the perfect life and actually, you know, it shows like just uh, maybe 20% of what we're going through. Like you, you know, as an entrepreneur, like the, 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 the struggle, the hassle, you know, the challenges that, creating uh, lashes, creating wigs, you know, sourcing the hair from India, sending them to China, assembling them, and then having them back here in the, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's a puzzle. Yeah. It can be a puzzle. Um, uh, being, you know, on your own, like being an entrepreneur, solar entrepreneur, and, you know, want, I mean, creating a beauty cam, something that does not exist. I mean, that's something new. I haven't seen it like anywhere else or I haven't heard about anything, you know, Thank you. like this. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, all of this, like, you know, there are two sides in the, like the Instagram, it's instra, Instagramable, uh, Instagram <laughs> life where everything mm. is so glamorous, so kind of perfect. And uh, let me tell you something about this. Um, it's, it's um it's quite um it's 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 very challenging for me to um to you see you, you can't really tell tell your followers or explain to them what's actually going on behind the phone because between all the meetings when i'm running around meetings here and there um and i'm not posting anything i constantly think that the followers are probably thinking all right, she posted a picture of her at the beach. So she's probably just chilling like a bum at the beach and not doing. But the reality is I just posted a picture while I'm at the beach, which probably is a picture I took two or three days ago. But in in that moment, I am running like a headless chicken from one meeting to another or pitching ideas or trying to land investors or working on presentations or maybe just sitting in bed going through so much pain there's always something happening and I know that most of us are going through the same and I wish sometimes that we can explain to the people who are looking at our Instagram that guys the Instagram page is beautiful but our life is not this beautiful mm. try to understand this and then you feel this pressure of constantly wanting to post something because you know they're always hungry for posts like where are you you're not posting you're silent these days yes i'm silent because there's so much going on <laughs> i don't have time to create content and it stresses us so much it stresses me a lot my mental health sometimes goes down the drain because of this and I wish I really 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 wish that I mean I don't have the 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 courage to do this but I wish that I can post more content of what I'm truly going through I wish I could just post a picture of myself with my messy hair sitting in bed and that's it and my laptop on my 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 laptop with me and creating 
I don't know, working on my presentation or something and say something like, this is what's actually happening. I'm working so, on a presentation. So the question is, why don't you do it? Because, I mean, I, I did honestly share uh, something very personal and I want to, but sometimes I get scared and I'm going to be very honest here. Sometimes I get scared of being bullied or people would perceive it or take it as, oh, she's trying to, uh, I don't know how to say it, but like, oh, she she's trying to look like a helpless, because I'm not helpless. I'm a very strong woman. And I don't want anybody to feel sorry for me at all, by the way. But I want to sometimes share the real me, but I'm not sure if, if that's okay or not. And this goes back to the pressure of social media that you constantly have to look perfect. I did give it a give it a shot. Honestly, I shared something extremely personal, uh, which is my struggle with endometriosis and uh, and my miscarriage and uh, my divorce. I, I think I can talk a little bit more about this, but I I'm just not comfortable yet. Mm. Um, I want to because I want people to, to, to see the real me and, and maybe this will actually inspire girls and push them um, to, to understand that, you know, you shouldn't be scared of failure. You shouldn't be scared of pain. You shouldn't be scared of being human because I get a lot of messages from girls like, Suraya, how did you do it? You're so perfect. Your Instagram is amazing. You're, you're the best at blah, blah. And I'm so scared. I want to start my, 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 my little project and I feel guilty. I feel like it's my responsibility. It's, it's been my responsibility for, for scaring this little girl because my Instagram is so perfect. And she probably thinks that I had it easy. Like, Kalas, Suraya just posted a couple of pictures. Suraya created some projects. And, it, and she was lucky. She, she has everything. And this poor little girl doesn't know that I actually went through failure and failure and pain after pain to get there. So I think, I think it's our responsibility. Let, let, let me talk about myself. I think it's my responsibility to, to be very mindful of everything that I share on Instagram. Because this affects all the teenagers out there. This affects all the women out there who want to start a business and are scared of failure. Because they think I have never failed. I have failed so many times. Mm. But I've always, I always call it failing forward. I, it wasn't really failure. It was me learning. Your failures are your, your it's like a compass. Your, every failure is guiding you to a better step that you're going to take. You take mm -hmm. that failure with you in your backpack and you move forward. You fail again, you take it with you in a backpack and you move forward. If you never fail, you never learn. And I have honestly failed to share these things on Instagram, but trust me, I've been working on it. I've been trying uh, to share my journey with my mental issues, uh, with my endometriosis, how Starlet failed. And through the failure of Starlet, the beauty camp was born. And you never know, maybe the beauty camp will fail one way or another and something else will be born. And this is my job, honestly, as an influencer. This is my responsibility to share these things with my followers, which you're right, I should, I should start doing, actually. Yeah, I mean... Obviously, you know, uh, 
I was listening to another podcast the other day about um, a stand-up comedian, a French one. She was a lawyer, yeah. and then she, from a day, kind of from a day to another, she decided to quit her a lawyer job uh, to become a stand-up comedian. So really, like from shifting from a job to another that has nothing to do uh, and uh, not related. Um, why was I saying that? I don't know. But she was saying that, uh, I, I can't remember why, why, why? Um, obviously, you know, there's this learning curve, the failure, but it's not a failure indeed, like, you know, you're learning things. And uh, it's by doing things that sometimes out of nowhere, you will find your, your path, uh, yeah. I would say. And, um, oh yeah, okay, I know why. And basically she was saying that we're we are human. We're human beings. So maybe it's not the right time for you to share these things you know, with your audience, with your followers, yeah. um, because you're just not ready. You know, you tried and I know that you're doing it like, you know, some time to time, but it's just not the right time because you have other things that you want to achieve and because you prefer to focus, you know, on... The positive thing that you know are coming you know for you mm. um and uh and i think this is uh, another journey um but uh but i find it like extremely difficult indeed like to share any difficult moment and um and the fact that even you are sharing you know your uh, endometriosis uh journey with your audience i find it very courageous because you're really describing, you know, the pain that you're going through that must be like awful. I cannot, I mean, I don't know. I cannot know because I'm not living it. You know, I don't have endometriosis. Um, and, uh, and I'm sure that it's opening as well. Or I'm going to ask you, is it opening, you know, some conversation with, with your followers, with people? I mean, do you feel that you realize that indeed, first for you, you're not alone and all the people they now, they don't feel alone anymore. Exactly. I I thought I was, honestly, I thought I was alone in this. And um, I, I, I thought I was the, the only person who had this disease. And I honestly did not hear about this disease until I found out. And um, when was it? I found when out, did you find out? I found out in 2018, um, which is so the not day that long ago. not that long ago. But since I was a kid, I had extreme. I'm mean, not a kid since I got my first got my period, and I ha I was experimenting extreme pain, and uh, my friends. Or my girlfriends would say, but it's not that painful, you know. We all get the same. It's not that painful. So I was like, okay, maybe I don't know. Maybe something is wrong with me. But it never really occurred to me that there is actually a disease, or maybe something is actually wrong. In 2019, I had a massive cyst. It was the size of an orange, ruptured, and I had internal bleeding. And I was in the middle of shooting the show the influencers show that you asked me about. We were in the middle of the shoot here in Dubai. My stomach just, mind you, back then I was 30, I was what, uh, 48 kilos. I was so tiny. Um, and my waist was only this this big. And I had a very, very 
big belly and I had no idea what's going on and I fainted and I've been rushed to the hospital and I had internal bleeding and they did some checkups and back then I was still married. They told my husband, we need to operate ASAP. Um, and this was the first surgery I ever had to do and I was really scared. So went under the knife, did the surgery, came out, extreme pain. And then the doctor explained to me what I had and she talked to me about endometriosis. Uh, how it how how it affected my period like how why my period was so painful why it was very hard for me and my ex-husband to have children because it, it actually affects fertility big time and um anyways surgery was done uh came back to the hospital because she wanted to educate me more about the mental um side of endometriosis so aside from the, the physical pain, which is, I described on Instagram when I spoke in my stories, you feel like somebody is stabbing you a thousand times in your stomach and the pain just wouldn't go away. It's, it's like, you know, you're being slaughtered alive. It's such a painful, painful attack Sometimes I have to crawl. I can't even walk to the bathroom. I crawl to the bathroom because I need to put myself in the bathtub with hot water to try to ease the pain. Um, it's very painful, look. Like I can't describe mm. it. It's extremely painful. So aside from that, there's the mental part. And the mental part is really terrible because endometriosis causes anxiety and depression and it plays a huge role in your mental health, you are you feel like you are in this dark place and you're very moody and you don't understand what's going on. And I thought something was wrong with me mentally, which has nothing to do with endometriosis. I did not link them together. She dis she explained to me that because obviously endometriosis plays with your hormones. And when a woman is hormonal, she cannot make the right decisions. She's a bit um, confused. We feel confused sometimes. Uh, we swing between extreme emotions like happiness, sadness, hunger, uh, anger. Um, we're very positive in one minute and then very angry at the other minute. We're just really, really going through this emotional swing, right, left. And if your partner is not fully aware or educated about this, this will create problems between two partners, whether boyfriend, girlfriend, family members, husband and wife. And uh, my ex-husband was not fully aware of this. I personally wasn't fully aware about this. And it created a lot of drama between me and my ex-husband. We, we, we had a lot of fights, a lot of issues because of my mental, my, my mood swings and my depression and my anxiety. Yeah. You know, I can tell you like, because I've been working on my hormones for the past two years, like uh, to balance my hormones. And not because I had a, hormonal imbalance just because I didn't know about like how to handle my hormones and what was going on and the different phases and I have another episode like coming up soon about that as well mm -hmm. um, but to tell you like I think even when your partner is educated because I'm educating Joe and Joe wants to understand better sometimes they just don't understand because we don't understand what's going on as you said, like, you know, we can be like super moody and from one moment to another, like, you know, everything is perfect. And then one second later, like I'm 
I'm screaming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, just yeah. yelling in the house. No, like. By the way, it's okay. We need to tell women it's okay. You need to scream. You need to cry. Let it out. Let everything out. This is something I learned recently. So it's okay, Laura, if you're screaming <laughs> and if you're crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. But I think that for our partners, though they are, they are educated or they know, they don't understand. And I would, if I was my husband, or if I were my husband, I wouldn't understand either. Yes, you know what I mean. So yes. I think it's like can be very, very, uh, very confusing. Um, but um, uh, maybe not to go like into detail. But what what are is there any cure for endometriosis? Is there anything like you know maybe I don't know like through medication or through food or lifestyle that you know that can help you to manage yeah the, the pain so before before i before i tell you about this i want i want to share something if you don't mind i i want to i want to help uh spread out um some awareness about this because a lot a lot of followers they sent me when i posted these stories and they were scared because they had the same symptoms and they're like oh i didn't know about this should i get checked yes please go checked Definitely. Um, a lot of women are misdiagnosed. So please, if you feel like you might have it, uh, go to different gynecologists. Don't rely on only one. Uh, get some information here and there. Read about it because it, a lot of women actually have it and they're unaware of it. And uh, no, there is no cure. Uh, I mean, until today, there is no cure. But there are multiple ways to ease the pain and to deal with the pain and also to um, stay healthy um, while having endometriosis. So obviously there are certain foods that you need to avoid and certain things like caffeine, alcohol, um, lots of things uh, that you should stay away from. Lifestyle is very important. You need to have a healthy lifestyle. And um, there is a medication that the doctors give out, which honestly, I took the risk of stopping because as much as the medicine eases the pain, it, it eases the attack, but it, it messes around with your mental health. So it's up to you. Can you deal with the mental, mental pain to ease the physical pain? Or do you want to go through the physical pain and sustain a stable uh, mental health. I chose my mental health because honestly speaking, uh, I would rather go through physical pain than go through the, the darkness in my head. It was very, Constantly, very hard like, for me. It, 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 would, it would be like a constant darkness that you have in your head if you take the medication. Yes, yes. And, and, and I, I, now I need to get work done. I, at work, I would be so optimistic and so creative, creating all these... Uh, uh, ideas and content for Instagram and then presentations. And then suddenly I don't want to do it. I don't feel like doing it. I hate my life. So I was like, oh my God, Soraya, what is going on with you? Mm. So I'd rather sustain my mental health and go through the physical pain. And I stopped the medicine. However, um, the medicine not only helps with the pain, but also helps with having the endometriosis growing back. So I have done two surgeries already. Have you been taking the medicine? You might have had only one surgery, maybe. But 
I'm not a doctor to explain this properly, but uh, I mean, if you have it, please yeah, get get tested, see what program works better for you. Yeah. Because uh, I would rather do a surgery than go through the mental 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 drama, and I want to have kids mm. in the future. Yeah. And the medicine does affect your fertility. Mm. Um, so you, and, you, took the, you took the medicine and then you decided to stop it. I decided to stop it. Um, I, I don't want to take the medicine. I I am uh, doing. Um, I'm, I changed my lifestyle a lot. And by the way, if you notice that uh, this is when my lifestyle changed. Remember, suddenly Soraya is sleeping at 8.30 p.m. or 9 p.m., wakes up at 5 in the morning. I stopped eating lots of food. Uh, I stopped partying a lot. Uh, and and I, I joined the 5 a.m. club. I read the 5 a.m. You know, my life completely changed. And I never explained to my followers why, because I was so ashamed to tell them, you know, I got a divorce, I lost a child, I have endometriosis, I did two surgeries. I wasn't really comfortable sharing these things. But there's always a good reason behind every every decision you make to change your life, right? And my reason was, I want to be healthy. I want to be able to have kids. I want to... I want to... Uh, how do you call it? I want to... Uh, fight this endometriosis you know mm. and uh, I changed my lifestyle and every woman who has endometriosis needs to be mindful needs to make the right decisions needs to change her lifestyle a little bit you can't party every night you can't drink lots of alcohol you can't drink lots of uh, coffee you can't eat processed food and burgers and pizzas every day I mean I do it once a week if I feel like I crave a burger but eating this will actually bring back the endometriosis faster mm. and I was attacked somehow from some people online on Instagram. Why are you eating healthy and promoting this um, uh, this uh, strict diet when you're so skinny? You are, you see what happened here? They thought that I was trying to promote uh, uh, this eating disorder or staying skinny. It's not. I had to stop eating certain foods, not because I'm trying to lose weight, Rather, I'm fighting something much bigger, which is this disease. Yeah, exactly. So this takes us... Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. So this takes us to your question. Why were you scared of sharing all these things? Mm. Because I got attacked once mm. for sharing my healthy lifestyle. And I was like, okay, this is not going well. I'll just keep it to myself. I'll stop sharing why I'm eating lots of greens and fibers and and fish, not lots of chicken, because chicken has lots of hormones. So I had to stop eating chicken. People thought I was doing this for dietary purposes, like for losing weight or maintaining my skinny body. But no, it's not at all, not at all. No, and on top of it, I think we all have our own metabolism. So, I mean, you you have your metabolism. You've never been like, you know, thick girl. You've always been like, you know, quite thick. Yes. So... Um, and, uh, yeah, and I find it strange that, you know, when someone is promoting like something like healthy, because indeed, you know, this is only promoting like some good that you would be attacked, you know, to, uh, uh, about that when we know that processed food, you know, is so, it's so bad, especially for women, like, because yeah. it, it has such an impact on our hormones, 
on our body mm -hmm. metabolism, you know, the, our genes, our way of functioning uh, as well. And I'm not, I'm not perfect in that. Definitely not because I love to have like my chocolate. I love biscuits. Um, I love my wine during the weekend. But again, I've noticed as well, you know, with age, after three kids, that if I I cannot drink as much as before, which is not a bad thing. Yes. <laughs> but I'm going to say I cannot enjoy drinking as much as before, I would say. Now stop yeah. acting like you're old, please. Because I'm not. 40. I'm 40. Oh my God. What is 40? 40 is the new 30. <laughs> Let's not get there. This podcast is not about age. No, we're but we're all beautiful but, our own way. Yeah. No, no, of course. But what I'm saying is, uh, our bodies are changing, you know, with age, yeah. no matter the age that you have, you know, like, uh, or that you are. But um, uh, I know that if I drink like more than two glasses of wine, I'm not going to be well in the next morning, you know, it's yes. definitely, and only with two. But anyway, let's, I mean, it's uh, not, it's not about wine or whatever, but it's more like, <laughs> about like promoting, like eating well yeah. and, uh, um how how long but also, you, yeah then, mm -hmm. no how, but also one more thing is that when you when you post uh what you eat it's quite tricky as well because i have women asking me and mind you i don't know how old these followers are when they text me asking me can mm. you please share uh your daily food what you eat a day uh you don't know how who's the person behind this question mm. and it plays a big role because I don't know what your lifestyle is. I don't know your age. I don't know what your medical condition is. You cannot share what you're eating and tell them, yalla, eat the same thing because you are so different than me. Yeah. And I don't like to share what I eat. Maybe I'll share it for you to know what I eat, but please don't follow every person, unless that person is a nutritionist, of course, unless you're, you're following an expert on Instagram who knows what he or she is posting about. Mm. But I should not have the right to advise a girl that I have no idea how her life looks like, what to eat. Yeah. I no, have a metabolism it. that's different than yours. I have a medical condition that's different than yours. I move probably much, much more than you do. So maybe... If I, if I can eat two chocolates a day and still burn them, it, it doesn't mean that you can eat two chocolates a day like me, you know? <laughs> when you have your uh, endometriosis uh, crisis of moment, how, how, long does it, uh, how long does it last? Do, do you feel like a progression? Do you feel, do, do you feel it like coming and then you have a peak and then it goes? Um, yes. Yeah. So I learned, of, of course, the, the past few years when I was unaware of this disease, um, I would just go with the flow and every month the pain comes in a different form and a different, um, duration or time. But then when I, when I learned more about it, you start to listen to your body more. You have these signs that, all right, it's coming. And you can actually monitor how fast and how strong the attack will be. And um, you need to create the environment for you to, you know, receive the attack. So when I know, for example, that, okay, today I'm going to have the attack, I tell people around me, my friends or whoever is around me, listen, 
it's coming today. I know. I make sure I don't go to the office. I make sure I don't meet anyone. I make sure I stay home because it's really ugly. It's it's really ugly. Like you just fall on the ground. It's terrible. Um, sometimes I miscalculate things. Like the previous month, I um, it lasted for two days, which was the first time it lasted for two days. Normally, it's just half a day or a day, but it lasted for two days and more. And I was shocked because it never happened to me before. Um, and I thought that having having a healthier lifestyle could actually ease the pain and and make the, the attack go away faster. But then I realized that it's linked with the, your stress level. So recently I've been extremely stressed because summer is coming up. I'm working on lots of projects here and there. And I haven't been taking care of my health. So it hit me so hard, Laure. Mm. It was so bad. Uh, and it was so bad to the extent that I reached the point where I I was no longer crying. You know, when it's so, so painful that crying is not even a form of expressing how bad it is. I went silent. I was tearing up and just working on my breathing and my hands were numb, my legs were numb, couldn't eat, couldn't move, couldn't talk for a whole day and a half. And this got me thinking that, okay, maybe I calculated the whole thing wrong because I thought that it will be the same way like the last month, but it's not. It doesn't come the same way. It doesn't last the same time. It just comes differently depending on how well you're taking care of yourself. Mm. So it is truly linked to your stress level. If you're highly stressed, it will hit you so hard. Mm. If you're relaxed and you're okay, it will hit you less. Mm. But it will hit anyways. You know, every month this is going to happen. Mm. This is what I've noticed. That again, I don't have endometriosis, but uh, when I have my periods or when I have when I'm ovulating, I'm not taking any uh, birth control like uh, uh, pills or nothing. Birth controlling, yeah, um, ways. Um, but indeed, when I don't do exercises, when I eat mm. more sugar than what I should, when I'm a bit more like stress, when I don't sleep well, uh, when I'm eating gluten, for instance, you know, this is where I, I would feel like most of the pain and where I would have like strong PMS or this kind of thing. So, so, uh, I think I think there's a whole education, and and maybe we can go back to uh, the beauty camp, you know. Uh, but yeah. there's education. <laughs> there's a whole education you know, to be done to women, to young women, to mothers, um, to to understand what's going on as well, you know, in our body. What is good for us as women? Because we're not men. We are. We're not men. We're not equal to men, you know, to that. We are different, you know. We, you were saying that uh, uh, before, um, that uh, we all should feel like a star. And I'm going to go further, not just to feel, but to be honest, we are all goddess. And why? Because we are creating life. Um, and, uh, and, and, yeah, we should... And this is my opinion. We should be respected, you know, for that, you know, um, and uh, we should uh, and we should respect ourselves for that as well. So looking after ourselves, not necessarily because we're giving life, but just because we have such a power in ourselves. 
um, like that men they don't have. I think we're very powerful. I think we're Definitely. so strong. I honestly, I honestly speaking, I, I, I even told my brother once, I don't think you can endure the pain that I do when I have my endometriosis. I honestly don't believe that they can. It is so painful. I don't think any man out there can actually take this pain. We are so extremely powerful. And I'm not just saying this because we're women. I'm saying this in general. Human beings are extremely powerful. We just don't know how powerful we are. We limit ourselves with, with, with everything that we know. We are so limitless. And I believe everything starts in the brain. Really, I, I, I've been through so much physical pain and lots of mental pain and lots of, you know, life struggles. And I keep telling myself, wow, I've been through all of this. It's a matter of decision. You make a decision that you are going to get through this, whether it's a failure, uh, a loss, pain, sickness, disease, anything, just put in your mind that you will get through this. And I promise you, your body will follow. Your brain is just an amazing thing. Your brain is going to send signals to your body and your body will start acting accordingly. And I tried so many times, you know, I, I sat down and I wrote down all these things, all, all the struggles I've been through to help inspire women out there that You know, if you're scared of something, that's just your brain playing tricks on you. So try to play a trick back and tell this fear to go away because your body, your, your brain is designed to protect you, right? So it's always going to tell you, no, 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 don't do this. Don't do this. You're going to, for example, if you're going to do zip lining, don't do zip lining. It's so high. It's so fast. Yeah, but what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Literally nothing. Literally nothing. So you just trick your mind back and, tell, and say, all right. I know it's scary. Shut up. I'm going to do it anyways. I read this book called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyways. It's one of the greatest books that I've read because it helped me become unstoppable. Fear is nothing. Pain is nothing. Failure is nothing. It's all in the head. It's all in your mind. Mm -hmm. And I don't victimize myself anymore for going through all this. On the contrary, I feel so blessed. I feel so powerful that, wow, I can endure all of this. And not just as women, I think women are so powerful. They just don't know how limitless they are. Yeah. And I wish, I, I honestly wish I can help change this. I, I wish I can inspire women. And this is the beauty camp, by the way. We're like having a little mini session of the beauty camp. <laughs> this is what we teach women. We talk about everything. We talk about diseases, failures, divorce, pain, loss, childhood traumas, which plays a huge role in who you are today. Because all of these things, they eventually affect everything from the outside. Your beauty, the way you dress, the job you choose, the man you marry, the lifestyle you choose to, to live, the country you choose to live in. Everything, every single decision you make is based on all of these things. But the minute you unlock your brain and unlock all these possibilities, I promise you, you will make different decisions. You will look back at your old life and go like, why did I choose this or do this or think I cannot do this? Everything is possible. I believe that fighting and, and getting cure for endometriosis is possible. We just have to share awareness. I don't think that doctors or, or medical institutions have put, put enough effort to, to, to find a cure for this because it hasn't been, it hasn't been talked about a lot. 
people are taking it for granted because of us, because people like me who just don't want to share awareness, but I want to share awareness and I want to make it a point that, hey, guys, I mean, it's 2022. I'm so sure we can find a cure for this thing. Yeah. Talking about that, uh, so two years ago, um, when I decided to remove my Mirena, when I decided to stop the birth control, uh, controlling pills, birth control pills, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. So I've seen a lot of changes into my hormones. Uh, and having like the PMS coming, didn't know really what was going on. My husband thought that I was crazy. I thought that I was crazy as well. <laughs> and I found this uh, program called uh, Flow Living through my sister-in-law and one of her friends as well. And uh, that's a program that is based in the US. Um, mm-hmm. And um, it has been created by a woman called Alicia Vitti. Um, She's a, she's initially like a doctor. Uh, she's done a lot of, uh, of studies, uh, nutrition like base, hormones. Uh, and then she wanted to help herself because she has endometriosis. She was, um, uh, how do you say, overweight as well. And mm-hmm. uh, all the doctors that she went to uh, told her, you will never have uh, any child because you can't, you have endometriosis, it's impossible. And working on different things, trying different things like, you know, change of lifestyle, uh, the food, uh, she did Chinese medicine as well, functional medicines, exercising, etc. Cetera, et cetera. What she's saying that, you know, after 18 months of trying different things and changing a lot of her habits, she was able to, to have a child. So I don't know how strong or how serious no was like endometriosis because I don't know her personally, but I followed her, her, her program to better understand my hormones, to better understand me as a woman. And um, yeah, so, I mean, this woman, she changed my life and she's still changing in a way, you know, my life, uh, uh, being conscious about like, you know, the power that we have as a woman and how we need to look after ourselves that I know that cannot be like always easy. And, and, and I don't believe of, oh yeah, we need to look after ourselves like every, 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 every day, because yeah? sometimes it's it yeah. tiring. Yeah? So, uh, but yeah, I don't know. This, um, I mean, she was able to help herself. I know that she's helping other women. Maybe she can help you or other women. But you are helping so many women out there. You see what you're doing right here. Like all your podcasts are super supportive and helping women out there. I mean, I'm I'm sure, I'm sure that every, I mean, I, I don't know how many people you have interviewed already, but I'm sure every single woman that you've interviewed is contributed, is contributing already so much mm. in, 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 in what we're trying to do. Like your, 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 your purpose is just amazing. And uh, this will reach so many women out there, whether it's makeup, skincare, endometriosis, anything that we're talking about. I'm sure a woman out there is listening to this and getting inspired today. Mm. So Raya, I want to talk about the beauty camp because we've been talking a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> the beauty camp. So Let's t- do t- it. T- tell me, I mean, I've been to uh, part of it when you did it like in Dubai, uh, one a year ago, actually. It was exactly like a year ago. Yeah, um, a year ago. With some women coming from uh, different countries um, in the region, from yeah. 
from here in the UAE as well. Uh, you had amazing people uh, speaking. I know that you did one in Zanzibar. So my first question was, what was the difference between what you did in Dubai and what you did in Zanzibar or what you did as well in Egypt? Because you had like already three, correct? Yes. I mean, every camp is different than the other um, because I, I create the, the program itself is the same. The whole concept, as I explained earlier, is the same. Um, I'm trying to create a safe community for women to meet new women, like-minded, sharing the same passion for life, looking for safety, looking for a home. I mean, when I say home, I mean, home is a, is a place where you feel safe, right? So this the concept is that I want girls or women to come out of their comfort zone and travel with me or join the beauty camp on their own to meet new people, to share their experiences and inspire each other. It's not only about the expert inspiring us. Every person is inspiring the other. We all have a story to share. And when I was young, I loved traveling alone. Always. I, I'm sorry, my friends are going to hate me for saying this, but I never wanted to travel with my friends for one reason. Not because I don't love my friends. I mean, I love my friends for sure. But when you travel alone, you, you discover so much. You learn so much about yourself, new things. You're alone in a new country, new city, meeting new people, new conversations, new cultures, new everything. So you learn or you, you, you get so much benefit from the trip. But then if I travel with my friends, same people that I see every day, just a new country, same conversations, same everything, what did I really learn? or What did I really get as a benefit? I just went to a new place, right? New country, new places, new restaurants, new bars, whatever. But have I learned, have I been inspired by a new human being No, because I'm traveling with the right with the same people. Sorry. So the concept of the beauty camp is: I want people, I want women, to get out of their comfort zone, travel without their friends, maybe okay with one friend or something, but meet new women, different cultures, different religions, different experiences, different backgrounds, different stories, and we all get together, share these things, and we all learn from each other. On top of that, of course, we have experts who are giving these mini workshops on specific topics that I choose every trip there's a different topic I can't have the same exact routine or same exact program in every trip because every trip has a different um, I'm gonna call it purpose so Zanzibar because Zanzibar is such a such a exotic place you know you have the the the, the food is different the, the lifestyle is different you have all these caves the mountains the 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 safaris the sea the the boats are sold so i thought it was so so such an adventurous trip so with adventure comes what comes courage comes getting you out of your comfort zone so on that trip i focused more on getting out of your comfort zone So the topic was not only nutrition, fitness, all of these easy things that you can have anywhere. No, the main topic was, I want you to say one thing 
that is so hard for you to speak about and open up about it and set yourself free. So on the first day, the girls were so uncomfortable sharing something. You know, they're like, why should I say something so private about myself? And I promise you, on the fourth day, they sat down. I have women crying their hearts out, telling me stories that I feel so lucky to have the privilege of hearing. They, they, they found so much comfort um, in each other. They're, they're complete strangers, right? But then in the end, they became best friends. They talk until today. You know, it's, it's June now. The camp was in Feb. They talk every day. I see them on the, on the WhatsApp group that we have. They're arranging outings, trips. So I feel so good that I created this. I did this. I made these women come together, share all their struggles, share their pain, share their fears. Uh, and now they take care of each other. They found a home. And when you feel comfortable, when you feel safe, your mindset changes. You don't feel scared anymore doing things that you were scared of before. You feel like you are not alone because a lot of women out there feel so ashamed of things they've done or they've been, they've been through. And little do they know that somebody else went through the same. So there's no need for you to feel ashamed. And with shame comes what? Your confidence is broken. And when your confidence is broken, you don't feel beautiful. And when you don't feel beautiful, sometimes you overconsume makeup, you overdo lots of surgeries that are so unnecessary because you see yourself ugly, but you're only reflecting how you feel from the inside because you're actually beautiful from the outside. You don't need all this plastic surgery. So you see where it all goes in the end? It's all related. And this is the beauty camp. The beauty camp is about going, penetrating deeper 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 layers of your soul things that happened to you when you were a kid things that happened to you when you were in your as a teenager uh, people who abused you people at work that that bully you whatever happens to you that has changed your own perspective of how beautiful you feel from the outside and um i'm still tweaking the beauty camp here and there i mean the beauty camp is still a baby um, but I'm still tweaking it here and there and with the help with lots of beauty brands, lots of skincare brands, lots of nutritionists, um, um, life coaches, healers. I'm constantly tweaking it and making it a better concept so I can, you know, at the end of the day, um, grow it into something much bigger than just a beauty camp. As again, as I told you, I, I always want to create something bigger than, than, than what I have today. Um, I have two questions. The first one is, so I believe you're already working on the next beauty camp. Yes. And, and the next, and the next, and the next. And the <laughs> <laughs> Do you already have dates about when it's going to be the next one? Um, I don't have exact dates, but I have, um, I have an idea around what month the next camp is happening. So uh, August okay. is our next camp, uh, January as well. And I created something called the Beauty Camp Express. So as I mentioned earlier, the Beauty Camp is a trip. We travel. 
I wanted to break the whole idea of a workshop has to be done in a, I don't know, like a, in a, in a, in a ballroom or in a, in a classroom or whatever. So I wanted it to be fun. So we traveled. Some women are not able to travel for their own reasons. So I created the Beauty Camp Express. It's a one day camp, one day event. And it, it's easier for women to uh, join us. So we have Beauty Camp Express already uh, in Egypt. In Dubai, we're still working on them. So hopefully uh, by next week, we will announce when they will be. But as for the big camps, August is our next one and January. Inshallah. Do you know what will be the next destination? Yes, I know, and I'm not going to tell you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's I a thought surprise. that maybe you know we would have like um, uh, how do you say? We would we don't we would know like a little bit more, but uh, okay, we'll wait for the surprise. I will. I will tell you. I will. I won't tell you August, but I will tell you January. Okay. Mexico. Oh, nice! Yeah, I think that so, was one of the uh, questions that you that that you talked about, or you wanted to see maybe you know where, where would be should be like the next uh, uh, beauty camp, Mexico. Like that sounds like amazing. Yes, and I also want to want to say one thing about the beauty camp. So because the, there's a very big misconception, a lot of men think that the beauty camp is only for women. Mm. Um, Maybe it was a little glitch from my side. Uh, the beauty camp is for men and women. Uh, I do understand that the previous camps were only for women, but uh, there will be fitness camps, which is for both. And there will be couples, a couples camp. And the couples camp is mainly for married couples or, you know, uh, to uh, discuss more of relationship between men and women. Mm. You see, I mean, beauty is everything. Beauty is in your outside beauty, the beauty of your manners, the beauty of how you treat your wife, the beauty of how you raise your kids, the beauty of how you treat people. Beauty is just beauty, you know? Exactly. So this is the beauty camp. And I just wanted to clarify this because a lot of men think that beauty camp is a camp where you go and learn makeup techniques. Mm. It's uh, it's not just that. It's a lot of, uh, a lot of other... Yeah. I think on this, you know, I mean, uh, this podcast, Beauty Si Vous Play and the Beauty Camp, you know, have a lot in common because indeed it's not about like the outside, it's a lot about like the, the inside as well and, and how how we can help others to make them feel beautiful. Yes. Um, so does that mean that your next Beauty Camp will be for men as well? Is it going to be mixed? Yes, the next camp is going to be mixed. This is the one in August. And I'm very happy that I'm finally doing this. Um, um, I've been working on it for a very long time. And you know, sometimes, unfortunately, there are things that are out of my control. Like Mm -hmm. something happens in this country that I chose, something political or something uh, from a health perspective. So we have to always shift to another country. Mm. And this is why we had a bit of a delay because this camp was supposed to be in July. uh, Sorry, in June. Uh, And we had to push it to August because of lots of reasons that are out of out of my control. But it will be a mixed camp. Also, um, we're working on a teenager camp, which I think is very important. Yeah. Yes. 
because teenagers also, um, we sometimes forget how important it is to educate teenagers about a lot of things. Mm. We think that they're still too young for us to have these conversations with, but it's actually the opposite. You have to educate teenagers about certain things so they don't grow and make these mistakes that we've been trying to help them avoid. Whether it's skincare, whether it's the things they eat, whether it's their lifestyle, boys and girls in general. Yeah. It's always good to start early. And you would know that. You know that skincare is very important to start very early, especially with teenager acne for boys and girls. What they eat, this new generation, there are 14-year-olds that have a body of a, they're so big. And I have no idea why they're eating all this junk. Like, you know... Um, and it affects them health-wise. You have girls in their nine, they're nineteen, and they have these health issues that I never suffered from. Thank God, you know, touch wood, because I was eating healthier back in the day with the access of all this junk food out there. I think we should educate them about these things as well. Yeah, I, I, I'm I completely agree with you on on this. I mean, I think that more than skincare is what they eat. Because a lot of, you know, what we put in our body has an impact on our skin, on our mood, on how we function, uh, just yeah. basically. And I think it's, a, it's an amazing idea that, you know, you have in creating a, a beauty camp for teenagers as well to educate them. I've been talking about this like for so long about we need to educate our uh, children or children, you know, from the very young age at school about how important it is to exercise, to, uh, to, to eat healthy. And it comes, as we said, you know, educating parents as well. Yeah, and you know something that we also feel, uh, mental health. Um, mm. Mental health plays a very big role in a teenager's life. I remember when I was 15, I went through a lot of, a lot of mental issues that uh, I couldn't really address with my mother because as a 15 year old parents would go like you're 15 what can possibly stress you out but that's not true teenagers go through a lot of mental things especially now with social media and all the bullying and everything mm -hmm. I think it's very important to start talking to teenagers about mental health and educate them about this this is also something that I I'm working on uh, at the beauty camp, at the teenager beauty camp, because it's really, really important to sit down. Sometimes a teenager doesn't want to talk to his mother. He wants to talk to a stranger. Mm. And I'm sure they have a lot to say. I have a niece myself. Um, I sometimes feel like she needs, she feels the need to, to express certain things, which sometimes feels like is a taboo. Maybe here in the Middle East, um, there are certain things that we can't talk about with a mother and father. And I want to create this safe place for teenagers to express their concerns. They need to let things out. They need to have the, the proper guidance and the proper, the proper just, just, a, just a healthy conversation with someone will change their lives a lot. I believe in that. Definitely. So, Raya, we coming to the end um, we can talk for hours and hours. I know. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> we need to stop. <laughs> um, so uh, you were talking about the fact that you know your mom and your grandma they were doing a lot of uh, DIY 
um, uh, like in terms of skincare, and uh, and you've done a lot uh, as well uh, in your, yourself. So yeah. I'm not sure how you want to answer this question, but uh, to go back to beauty, skincare, makeup, whatever makes you feel good, like what what is your your favorite uh, beauty product? Product. Mm. Well, I mean, you should know that this question does not even exist. <laughs> There's no such thing as my the best beauty product out okay, there. Okay, so I'm going, I'm going I mean, to give you like the three. No. The three. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, here we go. Anything, anything basically that, you know, you would apply every day. That for you, it's a must. I mean... I'm not going to mention any brands, but I mean, um, uh, vitamin C, no, 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 no. Vitamin C serum. Uh, I can't live without it. Um, it's, it's very important in my life. However, please, whoever is listening to this, please do not apply vitamin C. If you have rosacea, because it's going to burn out your skin. And this takes us to my second favorite product, which is SPF. I like to protect my face from the sun. So if you like vitamin C, always apply SPF. SPF is my baby because, you know, you can apply all the creams in the world and not protect your skin. So if you don't protect your skin, then everything you've applied goes to trash. Um, and my third favorite product, it's skincare, right? Um, oh, oh, oh makeup or anything that makes you feel good. Ah, oh, all right. Mascara. Because, you know, mascara opens my eyes. It makes me look like I'm awake or I slept like for a good 10 hours <laughs> so mascara for sure do you have any favorite mascara can you name a brand mark jacobs velvet noir i will always be loyal to this I know. one but you know they discontinued i know they discontinued so but right now honestly speaking i don't like anything i'm sorry nothing is <laughs> as good as mark jacobs back. <laughs> no no yeah yeah they need to bring it back they need to listen to this podcast <laughs> for sure they will <laughs> and then honestly speaking my go-to is water water is everything water mm -hmm. is life so uh by the way a lot of women that i uh that i uh i asked to drink water to clear out their acne who were who did not believe me they cleared out their acne just by drinking enough water without mm -hmm. using any creams any retinols nothing they cleared out the acne just drinking water yeah because you you basically you're getting rid of any toxins exactly yeah and i think we don't drink enough water so i'm i'm tracking the uh, water intake that i'm having every day and i should drink like at least like three liters of water per day based on my uh uh, my my height, my weight, and everything, yeah. and uh, and I realize that I don't drink enough water, and sometimes I'm just struggling. So oh, I still need to like it's nine o'clock in the evening. I still need to drink like five hundred ml, <laughs> two and a half liters. Like uh, it's nine p.m. and I need to drink two and a half liters. <laughs> <laughs> and then you wake up like in the night. <laughs> um, Soraya, where can we? Okay, no. Before getting to that question, if uh, what should be my next guest on the podcast, like someone that you know and you would like like other uh, people to to listen? 
my two favorite people, I mean, there are lots of people that I absolutely love, adore and respect their journey and work. But honestly speaking, my two current favorite people would be Mice Hamad um, and uh, Sandra uh, Sharp. Uh, you met Sandra in my previous camp. Mm-hmm. She's just incredible. Um, so she is a she's a. She's a, a gut healing coach. She has this uh, amazing program for hormonal imbalance. And I've been following her. And honestly, she's amazing. All the information she gives out is incredible. Yeah. And she's, they both need to be on your podcast for sure. So the good news is if everything goes well, I'll have Sandra probably before or after you. I'm not sure yet. you've already had her didn't you (laughs) and uh nice muhammad mice is incredible you met her as well i've learned so much from this beautiful human she just she she fought cancer and she's a cancer survivor and um she was in our she was a coach in my previous beauty camp and right after the beauty camp she was diagnosed with cancer and uh she just uh, came out of it a year later and I'm so proud of her. Wow. And I was just having lunch with her yesterday and um, she's an incredible, strong woman. And uh, she, she's very inspiring. Her, her strength is incredible. Like I've been talking about endometriosis, but what she's been through is nothing that, that I've, I can't even imagine how, how painful it, it, it was for her to go through this. Mm. And um she fought it with so much grace and uh, she's definitely an amazing strong woman that needs to be on your podcast that's well noted that's well noted <laughs> um Soraya where can we find you how can we contact you you can find me <laughs> find me at the beach <laughs> always or on the boat in the water <laughs> on the boat or under the water swimming with a whale <laughs> um you can um i mean contact me dial 11558 <laughs> <laughs> oh my god this is going wrong <laughs> um no, I mean, uh, you there's can, no, there's no, uh, there's no editing. I'm just like saying it again. Oh <laughs> no, no, it's okay. You don't need to edit this out. I mean, you can find me on my Instagram page, Soraya Shaui. Uh, I'm, I'm always here to answer your questions. Uh, you can email me at uh, soraya.shaui at gmail.com. You can definitely reach out on the Beauty Camp official page. Um, I'm always here to answer. I'm always there. Like I'm literally answering both accounts myself, um, making sure that I always, uh, I'm always there for my followers. You know, I like to be in touch with them myself. Yeah. So amazing. Or find me at the beach. On the beach. <laughs> <laughs> Soraya, it's been such an incredible uh, episode with you. Um, I feel, um, uh, grateful uh, that you shared so much uh, with us about your journey um, and uh, I can't wait to see what's coming next for the beauty camp I know it's going to be amazing um, because you always create like as you said like a safe environment and um, 
And I need to plan like to come to one of yours. <laughs> I think I need that. <laughs> I need to the full experience. coffee for sure. And you need to, yes, yes. No, 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 you are on the list. Don't worry about this. Uh, you're definitely on the list. You can be invited for the next camp for sure. And uh, Laure, thank you so much, honestly, for having me on this podcast. I mean, it means a lot to me for you to invite me to speak. And uh, as always, you know, it's always great talking to you. Yeah. Always. <laughs> and thank you again for having me and best of luck. You're doing, you're doing great. You're doing amazing. Thank you, Soraya. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me in this episode today. If you enjoy it, please rate it with five stars, leave a comment and share it with at least two of your friends. This will help the podcast to be more visible and high in the rank. I cannot wait to have you in my next episode to talk more about beauty. In the meantime, take care of yourself and remember, be your own kind of beautiful.